Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Dr. Osan Atai. He's the co-founder and CEO of Billion to One, a venture-backed capital molecular diagnostics company. At Billion to One, Atai helped develop a patent-pending molecular counter-platform that increases the resolution of CFDNA testing by over thousandfold. This technology unlocks a wide range of diagnostics, from single-gene non-invasive prenatal testing to quantitative liquid biopsy applications for cancer. The company raised over $15 million in Series A funding from prominent investors and just launched its first product, a prenatal test called Unity. The only non-invasive prenatal test that uses a single sample of the mother's blood to determine whether the baby has inherent disorders such as cystic fibrosis and sickle cell disease. Previously, Atai graduated from Princeton University at the top of his departmental class in molecular biology and holds a PhD from Stanford University, where his work was published on the cover of Cell Systems. His experience in in the field is providing promising results early on, and uh, it's exciting to finally have a product where mothers and families can find these things out. So in this podcast today, we're going to dive into all of uh, Osan's ideas and how the company came about, and uh, definitely looking forward to the opportunity to hear more. So Osan, with that, I want to give you a warm welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having this opportunity to talk with you, and thanks for your kind introduction. It's a pleasure, Osan. Now, what would you say got you interested into the healthcare space? I truly believe that the molecular diagnostics can be so much more powerful, accurate, as well as affordable if it were engineered to be quantitative. And I saw that it wasn't so. Uh, given kind of my interdisciplinary background in physics and biology, I saw how much of an impact that I could make, especially with the developing exponential trends in sequencing and bioengineering. So it was really an exciting time to be in the medical sector. And I think we will see rapid changes and improvements with all these trends coming together. Osan, I think what you highlighted is is really interesting, right? The idea of this interdisciplinary approach and the quantitative background in molecular diagnostics. I'd love to just take a couple steps back and spend a little bit of time just sharing your knowledge with the listeners to level set everybody on what your thoughts are on, on molecular diagnostics, what the promise is, and why this interdisciplinary approach is critical with that quantitative background. Yeah, so um, I think the personalized and precision medicine has been really bringing together different fields to transform medical care. And in particular, sequencing has been improving uh, really exponentially. And when there is an exponential trend, the possibilities it opens up are almost limitless. But even with these improvements, we don't get as much out of this data as we initially imagined. And the quantitative approach, the way to approach biology almost from the fundamental physical principles, allows one to ask what is possible instead of just blindly doing trial and error experiments that only improve 
outcomes and tests in incremental changes. I think it allows you to do innovation in a almost paradigm change, step change chunks. So it's really understanding the building blocks and how the building blocks interact so that we could do more predictive and scientific approaches to it? Yes, that is part of it. And part of it is just how we design our tests and assays. I think predictive is a very good word here. It allows you to, instead of trying thousand different experiments, really engineer the diagnostics in a way that you have a very good idea of whether something is going to work or not before you spend all the resources to uh, building it. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's an interesting approach. And I feel like it's, it's you know, diving deep into a level of, of science that really is, is critical, right? Let, let's question what models we have today. Let's question if they're good enough. And that's exactly what you and your company are doing, right, Osan? You're questioning the good enough factor. It could be better. Yes, yes, definitely. And I think the difference is that if you approach the problem from a more fundamental physics or engineering way, the problem statement even changes. It mm-hmm. does. It's no longer about essentially if we try this, whether it is going to make it slightly better. It starts from the concept of what is physically possible? What, is, what can be the limit of what we can measure? And that is a very different way of, I think, approaching the problems than a lot of the traditional biology approaches. It is what kind of a lot of engineering approaches used. And now that we are learning and knowing much more about biology, I think mm-hmm. it is time for us to be able to use those approaches to make great innovations in medical care. Yeah, that is fascinating. And so as you guys have done different experiments, you've, you've finally la- launched your first product. So tell us a little bit about that product and how it's made a difference thus far. And it's called Unity, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's called Unity. So what we did was we built a molecular counter, something that allows you to count individual molecules. And that improved the cell-free DNA diagnostics resolution by more than thousandfold. And this is very important because all of our tissues shed DNA into the bloodstream. And by analyzing this DNA, people have realized that we can do prenatal and oncology tests that were previously only possible via invasive techniques. I mean, this has been the fastest growing diagnostic sector in history. It really transformed medical care. But even with these approaches, a lot of the current technologies were limited to more of the qualitative uh, measurements, whether a particular mutation is present or absent. By building this molecular counter, we really improved the resolution from chromosomal changes things that are millions of base pairs to a single base pair change. And if you think of your genome as a huge library, most of the disorders, most of the genetic disorders are caused by these single letter changes, not these huge chunks of the library disappearing. So in that sense, Unity, this first product that we built, allows us to do 
look at these disorders like cystic fibrosis, sickle muscular atrophy, and sickle cell disease from maternal blood and find whether the baby has inherited these disorders. This is an established field in terms of the, there are existing medical guidelines that say that every pregnancy should be screened for these disorders. But currently, the only way to truly find them in the baby are through invasive methods like amniocentesis that can cause miscarriages. Mm -hmm. So because you cannot do amniocentesis on every pregnancy, what happens currently is that the parents get screened. But paternal DNA testing is often not possible due to a list of reasons. Like 40% of US pregnancies are single mothers. There is about 5 to 10% non-paternity. 48% of U.S. pregnancies are Medicaid and the paternal DNA test is not reimbursed. So there are a lot of logistical and inherent reasons in the system where these disorders should be screened for but do not get screened for. And Unity allows us to take a single sample from mother's blood and find out not only whether the mother is a carrier for the disorder but also whether the baby has inherited that disorder. So it goes back to the concept that you that you mentioned, Osan, about tissue sheds DNA into the blood, right? You guys are able to pick up on this with the molecular counter. Yes, definitely. So it really allows us to quantify the level of the mutations that you have, for instance, for cystic fibrosis versus the non-mutated DNA molecules. And by being able to truly quantify that, we can see the additional contribution that is coming from the baby. So we can say that the baby has two copies of this DNA molecule that has mutated because mm. we can say there are more molecules with the mutation than kind of wild type, the original molecules in maternal blood. That is fascinating. I think back to, you know, my son is two and a half years old, I think to when my wife was pregnant and the tests that we, you know, that she took. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, what I was most intrigued by is just the fact that you could tell if it's a boy or girl, like with oh, yeah. the blood. That is actually um, one of the easiest thing that you can do. Is that right? Huh? Yeah. Because it is a whole chromosome and there is not yeah. even background. So it is one of the easiest thing that you can do. And <laughs> You're like, Hey, that's a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be impressed by that. <laughs> Well, I mean, technically, you, with true quantification, you can tell whether the baby has blue eyes or wow. whether hair is going to be curly or not. You, Seriously? You, you are technically... Oh, that's amazing. You, you can do to, so with true quantification, you can tell anything and everything about the baby's genetics. unbelievable. Wow. Super interesting. And especially with the diseases that you want to know most about for your baby, something to think about, folks. Now, is this commercially available in the U.S.? Yes, we just launched the test actually this month. Congrats, we man. to clear the regulatory aspects of it. So it is available now. You clear the regulatory minefields alive. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. So folks, pretty intriguing technology. We'll definitely leave a link to it and to uh, the company that Osan is leading here out of Menlo Park, California. Definitely check it out. So as you and your team prepare here for the, for the next phase of the company and the things that you've been up to, I'd love to hear sort of a, maybe a setback that you guys had and what you learned from it that's allowed you guys to have the success you've had. 
So a personal setback, and I think um, this happens with a lot of the CEOs that have come from academia, um, mm-hmm. was really learning how to be a CEO. And the first fundraising that I have done was very difficult, probably the most difficult that I had. And there is this one one event that is, I think, a little funny, but also important for other people to realize is that we were doing this seed round and there was this small fund that wanted to write a very small check for us and contribute to our round and because they liked what we were doing. Yes. And if, if I didn't have time to meet them and it was a very small check, they would still write it, right? So yeah. at the last moment, my calendar had been opening. So I told them that I could meet them. And then in the meeting, they started asking questions about the cut entry and details. And I started to explain to them the minefield, right? The market access, the reimbursement yeah. process, all of its details and in a complicated way. And at the end of the meeting, they kindly told us that they were not going to write that check after all. I was able to unconvince an investor who was convinced to begin with. Oh my goodness. So that might have been, that might have been the kind of one of the lowest <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so what was the lesson learned there? I learned that your ability to be a visionary and to explain the the accurate but also convincing way is at least as important as the science and knowledge. The way that you explain something is as important as the facts of your explanation. Mm -hmm. So I started putting a lot more emphasis in how I explain the concepts and how we are doing things. Love it. That's a great learning for sure. And yeah, you know, you got to be good on both sides of it. It's, it's, it's not just the science, it's the presentation of, of that science in a way that makes sense for, for investors and people. And no, it's a great lesson. And so how about one of your proudest moments to date? What would you say that is? I think just unity itself, how we were able to build a state-of-the-art clinical lab develop and validate unity it's extremely high sensitivity and specificity about 99 percent and we launched it within the time frame and resources that we have it often takes years of trial and error approaches with huge teams to develop and launch a single unique diagnostic test, we were able to do it with a very small but stellar team in maybe less than half the time, but also with much more rigorous standards than required by regulations. So that, that I think being able to recruit the team, the, the team that was able to do that was, I think, is my proudest moment. That's awesome. So, hey, kudos to your team for the hard work that they've done. So how about the regulatory, not the regulatory, but the reimbursement pathway? Is it is it pretty clear? Yeah. So the technology platform that we built is applicable to many diagnostics. It really transforms molecular diagnostics and makes it quantitative. One of the main reasons that chose this particular area and this particular test is also because of the reimbursement. We don't even bill for the test that we developed, actually. We test the mother, right? And then if it is a positive, we find out whether the baby has inherited that disorder. The testing of the mother is an established market and that has existing CPT codes and it is recommended by guidelines. So we only really bill for those CPT codes for mother's carrier tests. 
Yes. And that is already a $2 billion market per year in the U.S. Okay. So we don't even really charge for the, the kind of all the extra value add that we have with Unity. So you're, you're basically, no, and, and that makes a lot of sense. You're, you're adding more value than anybody else in the market and therefore introducing yourself as a value added option to take yes. share. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I love it. And it's great, right? Because that's the beauty of innovation and the benefit to consumers and, and practicing physicians is when things get better and there's existing codes to back them, then it doesn't increment your cost, but it enables you to increment the value added to patients, which is, which is inevitably a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the feedback that we received from OBGYNs, genetic counselors, medical directors has been Phenomenal. Like almost everyone recognizes how broken the career, current career testing workflow is. You test all these mothers, you get all these positives, and it doesn't even really lead to any actionable outcomes because you don't figure out what the baby has at the end of the day. And they realize how Unity would fix it. And they really like the fact that it's not a $5,000 out-of-pocket test. It is a covered benefit from the day Man. one. That's awesome. And frankly, I'd tell you what, that definitely is a proud moment. We always talk about, all right, how do we add value? How do we add innovation, right? When you, when you think of like the traditional equation for, am I doing value-based care? You divide it by how much value you're offering and additional costs that's coming in and you're not adding additional cost. Yes. But you're yes, giving okay. so much more value. I mean, we are in fact decreasing out of the healthcare costs. I mean, if the mother is a positive, then the father needs to get screened in the current workflow. We don't require that. So it cuts down the test cost, but it also, in terms of actionable outcomes, improves the healthcare outcomes in a very significant way as well. Man, that is so cool. I mean, I think it's a, it's a really neat approach that you guys took. And uh, I mean, how did you guys land on that? So I think we landed on that by just realizing that most diagnostic companies mm -hmm. fail not because they have a bad product, but because it takes years of trying to convince the system that their product should be paid for. And that realization that, I mean, Gates Foundation sponsored the research study on this, why diagnostic companies fail. Number one reason was that it takes years for reimbursement to kick in and they, yep. they essentially don't get paid. So we started thinking about, okay, what would be a way to build a product from day one, right? What would be a way to add value to the system and still get paid by building a diagnostic product that solves an, a very important unmet medical need, but also enables us to use the existing system to get paid? Man, that's genius. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. No, it's a, and it's the power of questions, folks. So if you think about the business models that you're that you're shaping, the example that Osan just kind of gave us is, you know, you don't have to invent something and try to convince the system to form new reimbursement. Think about that reimbursement model that exists. What player is there? How can you add more value than that player and take market share while improving outcomes? That's the key. Love it, love it, love it. And so what would you say is the exciting project or focus that you guys are most tuned into right now? So we are still, Unity, right? Yeah, it's Unity, yeah. right? Yeah. We are still, yeah, we want to get Unity to the hands of essentially every physician in the 
in the country and really make it the gold standard for carrier testing. I mean, it is how it should be done. So focusing on that and uh, making it available is our, our primary goal. But we also realize that the molecular counter that we built solves many other molecular um, diagnostic solutions. And we really want to build solutions that are not only affordable and not only reimbursable, but also we want to build them in a way that the cost structure of these solutions enables them to be distributed globally. Mm -hmm. So that is another thing that we are working on, both with Unity and the oncology diagnostics that we are working on, that making sure that the price, the, the cost of the test is so low that they can be sold through distribution partners globally. Beautiful. Well, the mission's there and uh, also the economic proposal and the structure is there. So certainly wishing you guys the greatest success in your next steps. Getting close to the end here, Osan, uh, we've got a lightning round followed by a book you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Okay. All right. I'm ready. Let's do it. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? It is, I think, interdisciplinary approaches that enable true paradigm-changing innovation. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? There is a great TED Talk on, I think it's called Start With Why, that I really like. It explains how the leaders should have a why statement for their companies and products to exist. I think it's critical to start with that. Why does your company exist? If you don't have that, I think that's the biggest biggest pitfall. That's the biggest mistake. Amen. Love that one. Simon Sinek, if you guys haven't seen it, one to check out. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? I think it is recruiting the right people, recruiting superstars and empowering them. I'm trying to create a Bell Labs type environment where the innovation is the only constant. What's an area of focus that drives everything at your company? True quantification. Right, so if if we, we truly believe that if we have true quantification, that enables unprecedented improvements in molecular diagnostics. Man, doesn't get any clearer than that. Appreciate that. And and so the next two that I have here are more on a personal note for the listeners to get to know you, Osan. What's your number one health habit? I think it is just taking time to relax and also always separating, kind of allocating time to turn off. I think mm. as, a, as a CEO, it is sometimes there's always more that you can do and it is very important to be able to turn it off and be able to sleep every day really well. Love that. Love that. And what would you say your number one success habit is? Success habit, I um, religiously use calendar even for personal things. There is mm. a time for allocated for even thinking in my calendar. Mm -hmm. I think that allows you to focus on long-term strategic arc of the company and not kind of pigeonhole yourself to solving only the short-term problems and the fires that you have to put out. That's a great, great habit, my friend. I too schedule think time. It is critical and I love it. Appreciate you sharing those tidbits there. What book would you recommend to the listeners? That's a difficult question. There are so many books that I could recommend. I read a lot, but mm -hmm. I highly recommend Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. I think as, as we operate and make decisions, we 
make too many implicitly biased decisions without even being aware of it. And it's a great book in um, kind of describing all the biases that we have. Love it. Great recommendation. And folks, for the show notes, an entire transcript of our discussion with Osan today, you could go to outcomesrocket.health and in the search bar, type in the name of his company. It's called Billion to One. And uh, you'll find all, all of the things that you might be curious about if there were links about right there. So Osan, this has been a lot of fun and very educational. Love if you could just leave us with the closing thought and then the best place where the listeners can get in touch with you to continue the conversation. I think it was impossible to predict the current period that we are living in when transistors were first developed. And in the same way, I think we are in an exciting period that will see many paradigm changes and improvements in medical care. I am very optimistic about the future. And that is my closing thought. You can contact me by emailing me by my first name at billiontuan.com. Outstanding. So, Osan, we'll, we'll leave that email there in the show notes as well for the folks that want to continue the conversation. And folks, also feel free to check out the website at billiontoone.com where you could check out the Unity Test, their publications, and uh, all the other outstanding things that they're up to, including open positions because they're hiring. <laughs> so with that, Osan, I want to give you a big thanks for uh, sharing your story and uh, encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for giving me this opportunity to um, talk with you. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 